Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, hello, everyone, and happy Friday. Welcome back for your final edition of Collider Dailies for the week. I'm Perry. This is Steve. Steve, how you doing over there? How was your week? Uh, it's been really good. We did that big Invincible event last night with Robert Kirkman. Went over like it, it went so great. Um, nothing but positive things. Uh, and uh, I'm so thankful to Prime Video and Robert and all the fans that came out. It really was a great night. I love Robert. He is the best and just so much fun to talk about his shows with. Just like very good at being playful about teases, but also informative at the same time. And I appreciate that. He's also very, very funny. Like yes, he had he the is. crowd laughing many, many times. Uh, someone in the audience actually asked if he was thinking about doing stand up. And, uh, and I seriously, would watch and, that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, as long as the stand up is about my comic books. Yep. Okay. Yep. I mean that that could that could be his lane. I'm I'm open to it. You know what our lane is? Our lane is talking about movies and TV shows. And here in Collider Dailies, we do that using these wonderful Bayer Dynamic mics. So a big shout out to that company for making sure that our audio always sounds crisp and clear on these wonderful M70 Pro X microphones. Thank you, Bayer Dynamics. All right. I love the First way you did that. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got a I've got a history with uh, working in some of these plugs and we've we've been lucky enough to work with some very wonderful companies out there. All right. First story of the day. We're actually kicking off the show with a double dose of trailers, but I'll give everybody a, a brief warning. So obviously the headline of today's episode is that we are going to discuss the Gen V finale. If you have not watched it, don't worry. We are going to save that topic for the end of the episode and it will come with a very clear spoiler warning. So you could stay and enjoy these first two topics. Number one, the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes trailer teaser teaser that just dropped. Just in case you don't know anything about this movie, it is the fourth installment of the Planet of the Apes reboot franchise. And the official synopsis is 
The movie is set several generations in the future following Caesar's reign in which apes are the dominant species living harmoniously and humans have been reduced to living in the shadows. As a new tyrannical ape leader builds his empire, one young ape undertakes a harrowing journey that will cause him to question all that he knows about the past and to make choices that will define a future for apes and humans alike. Steve, I think you're a big fan of this franchise. Am I wrong on that? Yeah. No, I, All I right. So did this new teaser meet your expectations for a fall, fourth installment of the series? A hundred percent. My biggest issue with trailers, and I'm not sure if the if everyone watching this feels the same way, is I put together way too much of the movie from watching the trailer. Uh-huh. And um, I just it's one of the reasons why I try not to watch too many trailers, uh, because it's like the whole movie is right there and you can basically figure out that this one young ape is going to go find humans and encounter them for the first time and realize they're not what he was told. And then it's about trying to save them while this tyrannic, this evil ape is trying to kill them all or enslave them. It's like the whole movie's right there. Uh, and I'm not trying to spoil anything. It's just you can put it all together. Saying that, it looks awesome because yeah. West Ball's directing. He did the Maze Runner movies. Uh, he's a really talented filmmaker. And the, the property, the IP of apes is just ripe for um, further stories and storytelling. And I'm all in on this. Like the second you want to show me this movie, I'll be the first one in the theater. Uh, I just wish I didn't put together so much of what it's about. I mean, sometimes the folks that edit the trailers are also masters at misdirection. They make you think one thing, but then it winds up being another. I don't know. But I'm very excited about this. I love the the other three movies. And I do think this franchise is especially good at bringing in new directors, but keeping the quality level just as high. We went, of course, from Rupert Wyatt to Matt Reeves, and that was an exceptional trilogy. And, you know, it could it could be nerve wracking waiting to see who takes over one of your favorite franchises, but I can't imagine a better fit for this one than West Ball. I love those Maze Runner movies, and I think he deserves way more credit for that entire film series than he got. And, you know, given his VFX background, I feel like that makes him a perfect match for this particular franchise. The only, this isn't a disappointment, but the only thing that I'm a little bummed about is I love, love, love the lead actor that we're going to get to see in this. I think Owen Teague is probably one of the most exciting voices on the rise as far as actors go right now. And I'm very excited to see what he's going to do in a performance capture role. I just, I want everybody to see his face. He's already fairly well known. He's been in a lot of things, but I feel like he's one of the ones, and I'm going to say this about someone else later on this episode of Collider Dailies, but I think he's someone who is just like on the cusp of blowing up superstardom, potential, you know, awards consideration for his work in the future. Just wildly, wildly talented person. So I'm excited for him. All right. Yeah, look, uh, again, the first day I can see this movie, uh, I will be there. Um, but with the VFX involved, it's going to probably be, you know, a matter of weeks before release. I have a feeling you're going to say something very similar about our next topic, because our next topic is another movie that I think you're looking forward to quite a bit. We have a trailer for The Fall Guy. And again, just in case you need a little background The synopsis is he's a stuntman, and like everyone in the stunt community, he gets blown up, shot, crashed through uh, windows, and dropped from the highest heights, all for our entertainment. And now, fresh off an almost career-ending accident, the working-class hero has to track down a missing movie star, solve a conspiracy, and try to win back the love of his life while still doing his day job. 
what could possibly go right? So this is David Leach, Leach's new movie. It stars Ryan Gosling, uh, Hannah Waddingham, Emily Blunt, Aaron Taylor Johnson. It just the movie. The movie looks awesome. My only nitpick with this trailer is this like this is a long trailer. And even when I read that synopsis, I'm like, oh, like there's so like it's a very cool core concept in terms of like a stuntman needing to take his movie set skills out into the real world to, you know, go on an action adventure. It's it's like a lot of pieces. It just felt very comp, not complicated, but convoluted to me. Uh, I'm going to say I disagree. Uh, I was all in on this trailer. Uh, it made I it looks so good. Um, and on top of that, like if you, uh, it's not on the homepage anymore of Collider, but if you type in like David Leach, fall guy, I don't know, interview something on Google, you'll get it. I did a long conversation with David and his wife, producer Kelly McCormick, and they really sold me on this movie. A, they test screened it. It tested through the roof. Uh, B, uh, Ryan did his own stunts for some of the stunts. One of them was a 15 story fall. There are three practical stunts in the movie that they don't do anymore, um, which is like a car roll. I forget exactly what he said. Um, but more than that, the thing that I love is that it, it and, and this is what they said, it it basically it, it is a love letter to the blue collar people that work on movie sets. And what is really cool about this and remember is they're filming stunts for the movie that are stunts for the movie inside the movie and then they're also filming people filming the stunts. So it's like you're you're getting you're pull, you're taking the pulling the curtain back on what it takes to really film these stunts. And because the stunts in the fake movie are can, can be whatever they want them to be because it's a fake movie, you can do crazy stunts that have nothing to do with the movie. Like do you see what I mean? Like the the yeah, metal yeah. level. I so, love that idea. Yeah, I'm I'm so all in on this. And Ryan Gosling, obviously coming off of Barbie, him, he's just so good at this kind of a role. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm all in. All yeah, I'm, in. Right, I'm right there with you. I hope that quality in terms of it being a love letter to that sector of the industry, I'm just hoping that shines through every single stage of the way and doesn't get lost in this. I think they, they call it a, like a sinister criminal plot that will push him to the edge. Sometimes those plots are the things that can get convoluted and then you lose like the heart and the meaning behind the movie. I'm just hoping that that shines through every single step of the way throughout this narrative. Yeah, I, I'm really not worried, mostly because I know they tested it and I know that it tested really high. I, I think like everyone, everyone's really happy with this one. Um, the big question is it comes out, I believe, in March. And the, the thing that I'm nervous about for them is it comes out the same month as Dune 2. And, you know, like there's a lot of movies coming out in March and I'm wondering how that's all going to shake out. There's space. There's crossover in those audiences, but they're they're different. Sure. I mean, listen, they're totally different movies, but, um, you know, it's just something to think about. Yeah, I'm well, I mean, the more the more good stuff I have to look forward to, the better. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, it is time. We are rolling into our headline topic of the day. This is going to be your one and only spoiler warning. If you have not watched all of Gen V season one, this is the time of the episode where you push pause, you go watch the show, and then you come back to this video and push play, and it will start right here so you can enjoy the conversation. So Gen V spoilers ahead. All right, we have got the season finale now. Steve, broadly, what did you think about season one and in particular how everything wrapped up? I thought season one was really good. Uh, it, I, I was very, very impressed with season one. It grew on me as the season went on. I loved the finale. My biggest question is, uh, and since we're getting into spoilers, the show is called Gen V. And I really thought like the whole arc of the show, multiple seasons was going to be at the university. They basically destroyed the university by the end of this season. And it's like, what exactly is the future of the show? Like, how are you bringing back Gen V in season two? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel I feel like the Gen V title like more so reflects the younger generation that's going to lead soups into the future, hopefully a better future. But it is very curious considering like Godolkin was was like the one and only for the most part location for the season. And now all of a sudden it's, you know, or at least it appears to have been wiped off the map, given how things ended and who uh, who the guardians of Godolkin are considered to be and who's pulling the strings. I have a feeling they'll put the university back together and continue to use it for its sinister purposes. But it's definitely going to be a significant location change going forward. But before I get there, just... Like in general, I thought Gen V was exceptional. It is not easy to create a spin-off series to a beloved series and you know, a beloved series that's also really damn good where the quality level was sky high from day 1 and it hasn't dipped and then they release this and the quality level is just as high, just as high and it's it's also it's so well woven into the boys narrative, but at the same time and I say this all the time Whenever you can sit, whenever you continue a franchise, it is of the utmost importance to make sure you appeal to those existing fans, but that you're using it to broaden a fan base. And Gen V does feel like it can serve as an on-ramp to the franchise overall. And that's the most important thing in the world. The other thing I love, love, love about this show, Steve, is the fact that, yes, there's so many like wild, outrageous, very bloody set pieces that keep me very entertained, especially someone who loves uh, as someone who loves makeup effects and gore. But every single thing that happens in that respect is always character driven. And I love that literally everything in this show, even if I don't agree with what the characters do or say, like it has that foundation to make sure you understand why they're doing it. And I think that that is of the utmost importance. So I am a very, very big fan of what I've seen thus far. Uh, yeah, I should also mention uh, for people that have now seen the finale, we just Christina Radish did an interview with the showrunners and Eric, uh, the showrunner and Eric Kripke, and uh, it's on the site now. It's in the top of the site, uh, and it explains how the boys, uh, how Gen V ties into the boys season four, and um, you know, spoiler, uh, it has to do with the virus, and mm -hmm. that's why when you see in the finale, um, you know, Carl Urban. Uh, looking around Gen V, he's obviously looking for the virus, and uh, that's going to that's a big part of of the boys season four. 
Well, that's going to be a really interesting thing going back to what you had brought up earlier about the change in location is that, you know, we get Gen V season one, we're going to go through the boys season four, and then we're going to, you know, come back to Gen V, assuming yeah. that a significant amount of time has passed. So I, I think there's a, there's going to be a lot of things going on that is going to make Gen V season two feel significantly different from the first time around with these characters. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, how it all shakes out just because, you know, you could easily make it. So we don't know how much time is on the boys season four, like the, the span of time. It could be one month. It could be one week. We, we have no idea. Uh, the disappointing thing because of the strikes is that they're obviously not going to start filming Gen V season two until mm. early next year if they're lucky, which means the earliest we get the next season is 2025. It's a long wait. I don't want to wait that long. Um, Steve, I love asking this question, especially with a great ensemble show like this. Of the bunch, who is your favorite character? Which character got the arc that, you know, entertained, appealed, moved you the most? Uh, to really, that's a good question. I, I don't know if I have, honestly, I don't know if I have a favorite character. Um, I liked how it bounced from the characters to the characters, I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite character. I really don't. I've got, I, I feel like I don't know if I have a favorite character just because I love them all so much. I will say that I think they handled Kate, Kate's arc or like her descent, her decline, even though she was kind of, you know, doing not so great things all along. I thought that was handled really, really well. And, you know, uh, so, someone said to me recently, like, go look at the first shot of her at the beginning of the season and then go look at the last shot of her at the end of the season. And it just like goes to show that she has been on a journey. And I, I don't know. I just think that 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 arc was uh, it real. It really took me especially. And that's a perfect example of, you know, an exciting character arc, but one that is uh, that is backed by a significant amount of well-written character backstory so that it really packs that extra punch at the end. It's not just the excitement of essentially watching her destroy Godolkin, but knowing why she's doing it. And, you know, the fact that like wh why she's doing like they, they wronged them. The woods is yeah. bad. And just yeah. how how different her approach is to fixing that issue to Marie's and just seeing the massive divide between that group there. Very disturbing stuff. The other character that I love, love, loved, and in particular, the actor who plays this character is Emma. I think Lizzie Broadway is going to be a massive star. You remember when you had me moderate the screening with Dexter Fletcher for Ghosted? Yes. So I was watching that movie and there's a character with a super small amount of screen time, sporting character. And I'm looking at this performance. I'm like, you got natural screen presence. I like you. You know who that was in that role? It was her. And I didn't realize it until I binged Gen V. And I'm like, shit, she's real good. What have I seen her in? Oh, this makes all the sense in the world. I am just predicting that she is going to be a massive star going forward. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting, though, because the shoots for these shows are very long. Uh, and you know what I mean? For like the, when they start shooting Gen V season two, uh, you, you know what I mean? You commit to something like this. It's I mean, at least six months could be nine months. Yeah. You know, when you're shooting a show like this. 
All right, Steve, I'll throw another uh, question your way so we can dig into some theories. Do you have any big theories for, you know, not even necessarily Gen V season two, but maybe for these characters going forward or maybe any particular situation that any of them that are in right now at the end of the season that you want to dig into more? Uh, the thing I've learned about the boys and especially Eric Kripke is whatever I think is going to happen, it's going to not go that okay. way. Uh, so the real question is, where are they in that room? And uh, and the, the thing I've always wondered, and a lot of times and showrunners and writers will say this, they'll write something. So they'll put them all in this room and then they will try to figure out what it is during the hiatus, you know, or when they come back the next year. Sometimes they don't know what, how they're going to resolve that with writers. Maybe they did on this one. Um, it'll just be interesting to see, A, how they resolve that and B, how much will the characters from the boys be part of Gen V season two? Uh, and how much will it just be, you know, Gen V characters? Because apparently uh, uh, Carl and Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, uh, shot their scenes on a day off from filming the boys season mm. four. So they only really worked for one day. And I think it's important that Gen V stays with their characters and not, you know, tie into the boys, um, you know, maybe season three or season four, it can be a little bit different, but you know, um, anyway, I don't know what the, my biggest thing is, what room are they in and how quickly will they get out? I think, I think they'll probably get out fairly quickly. And I think I'm going to give the credit to, or I will predict that Emma is the one that gets them out. Because what one thing that I was thinking about is she wound up getting fame via her superpower by by getting large. So I, I just feel like that room, like they know she can get small also, but I feel like that room is designed mainly to contain her. And, you know, perhaps they think they could also monitor whether she's able to grow or shrink based on her food intake. And they don't know that now she has discovered how she feels can also influence how large or small she is, which I think was a really interesting wrinkle to throw in at the end of the season. Another storyline I'm really looking forward to digging into more because just like the thought of this, even as an outsider really stresses me out is the situation that Andre and his father are in the idea that like you are essentially killing yourself by using your power and they it exist in a world where their powers define them and and maybe they genuinely want to pursue you know the course in life that that requires them to use them i just i can't imagine being in like a young person's shoes like his where using his power and the importance of the rankings and all that stuff you know like just explodes in front of his face via the school crumbling and what he thought the school was not being true, but then also being in a situation where like, I am legit going to die if I use these things that have essentially made me who I am for so long. It's, and also the fact that his, like his, his family is responsible for giving him something that essentially kills him. It's just, it's such a mind you know what? And it, it it stresses me out for the character, which I feel like is a sign of good storytelling. Yeah, I'm going to switch to something real world uh, uh, when it comes to Polaris's power and how it can, you know, it hurts them. And it's one of the reasons why uh, American football, I'm going to tie it to American football. 
because athletes that play American football are really risking their bodies and their long-term health to play the sport. And yes, you do, some of the athletes get paid an insane amount of money, but it is a physical taxing sport where the, the players are being asked to play every Sunday, sometimes then on Thursday, like you are beating yourself mm-hmm. up to, to make that money and to play that sport. And the truth is there is scientific evidence that shows that playing football long-term, you know, concussions, head injuries, everything about it, um, you know, can really mess you up. So that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm just tying it to American football. That when you're it. watching those athletes play, they're risking their lives and their long-term health to play I, this sport. I think about it every single time I watch. Um, it yeah. is, uh, it's, it can be quite scary. Um, I'll throw in one more character shout out before we wind this down, because you know, obviously, based on how the show was uh, was started, it's it started with Marie. It started with Jazz Sinclair. And I have really enjoyed that character's journey of discovering how damn powerful she really is. And especially given the fact that the season ends with her taking a blast from Homelander of all soups and surviving it. That right there to me is a sign that she is going to go through like one heck of a transformation in terms of realizing what she's really capable of. And what a cool, cool power too. My God, if I had read that in a script and someone said like, we're gonna do this on screen. Um, there is like the slightest percentage of a chance that you are gonna make that look cool and real on screen. But I think the VFX department on this show just absolutely crushed that. It is something else. I'm so impressed by their work. I actually think that the Homelander attack on her could be a misdirect. And uh, because if he hit her with his full blast, I mean, she's dead. So I'm wondering if that he purposely, like he was targeting them on purpose and he purposely only did like, you know, 1% of his power when he hit her Um, or a very low number because otherwise she could be, easily dead. I'm choosing not to believe that because I love that character. I want I want someone to be powerful enough to go toe to toe with him who has uh, who's got a, a big heart and a strong moral compass. And also, I, I just think Jazz Sinclair is awesome. Like you just you watch some of her facial expressions throughout the season and she doesn't even have to say anything. You could just like feel the emotion and intensity radiating off her face. And I want to see more of that. <laughs> Uh, if I was a betting man, I'd bet it was a misdirect. I really right. think that he purposely did a limited amount of Homelander damage. We'll see. You're on that side. I'll take the other side of, of this of this bet or whatever we're going to call it. I'm going to say that she is that powerful and she is going to emerge as one of the primary forces to stop him in uh, in future seasons. We'll see. <laughs> we shall see. You can all weigh into in the comment section below. Give us your thoughts. Can Homelander not kill Marie or is it maybe a lesser use of his blast? And that is why she survived. Curious to know what you think. All right. Before we close out this episode, Steve, is there anything you want to promote for people to check out throughout the weekend? Uh, Wow. I didn't think. uh no, I got you. I'm like, I'm right. so over. I'm so, I, the only thing is we're picking, we still haven't picked winners for our Monarch event. So you can uh, RSVP for that, for the screening. We're doing the first two episodes. 
and I haven't picked winners for the Godzilla minus one premiere, uh, but we've had over a thousand people ask for tickets and we so do not have enough seats. <sighs> so, you know, the percentage chance of winning is pretty low. All right. All right. Uh, like a bummer, but a bummer for a good thing. High demand, something special. Um, I'll just tell everybody to go on over to the Collider Interviews YouTube channel where you could find brand new interviews for Quiz Lady, which is on Hulu now. And it is excellent. Just such a wonderful, joyful watch. I absolutely loved it. And then also we already have some interviews for the Hunger Games, uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes up on the interviews uh, YouTube channel as well. So go check those out. Thank you so much for watching this edition of Collider Dailies. We will see you Monday morning. Have an excellent weekend, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.